Welcome to Candidly 30. No, we're not 30, but we're in our 30s working through life. Every week, we're discussing our favorites, our gratitudes, our grievances, and all the crazy in between. Grab your favorite drink, get comfortable, because we're getting candid. Welcome! Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Hi, everybody. (laughs) There's a new voice on here, if you didn't notice. Um, This is Kelly. This is Kefler. And this is Ben. And yay! yay! This is a very near and dear friend. Um, one of my oldest friends, honestly. And now he is like Dr. Ben's. Can I officially call you that? Is that part of the like, oh I mean, we're going to go through his whole process, but and how he got to where he is today. But can we call you a doctor at this point? Is Do you have a little piece of oh, paper? Oh, absolutely. That says so? <gasps> yes. All yeah. my name tags say it. Love it. Oh is my it gosh, Dr. that's Vince incredible. What do you think? What do you prefer? Oh, I usually walk through the door and say, good morning, this is Dr. C&T, but we can call me Dr. <gasps> Vince here. That's totally fine. I love Dr. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's more casual and it's very friendly. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Also, um, don't call so, him your oldest friend. He's your longest standing friend. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, to be fair, like he is a few, he's a little bit younger than me even. So he's in, even cooler. His birthday oh, is yeah. after <laughs> mine. Like three weeks. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, that's not what I meant. Like longest, longest friend. Wait, when did no, we actually meet? Did we meet in middle school? I'm... I remember you in middle school, but like, were we actually friends in middle school? That's the real question. No. I feel like was anyone friends <laughs> we in middle weren't. school? Yeah. Like, no. No. <laughs> no, I knew you a long time actually before we became friends because we didn't start like hanging out till probably late junior year or senior year of high school. Wait, no. Uh, that's not true. Yeah. We definitely hung out like sophomore no. year. Really? Like, no. Okay, I have this like, I remember... very vivid memory of going to a hookah bar in Fresno with like me, you, Brad Spittle, Laura, like maybe I shouldn't say last names. Oops. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I don't know, but maybe that wasn't, maybe that was just like a Brad influence or maybe cause like we didn't, you know what I mean? That's definitely possible. Like there were certainly these situations where we kind of ended up at the same place. Mm-hmm. But I remember even times in like, like I remember APUS history and just like, oh gosh, Kelly just glared at me. Like <laughs> she looked oh, over her shoulder from over there. And I don't know. I don't know where the transition point was, but I mean, so there was like a point <laughs> in high school where I kind of had this group of friends that I hung out with and I kind of, I don't know, got displaced from that group and kind of landed in the same friend group with you, mostly because of mm-hmm. jazz, just like, but yeah, probably also, shouldn't do hand funny. gestures. <laughs> You're good. No, it's perfect. The idea of like uh, high school Kelly just glaring at everybody. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, first of all, AP US history was literally the worst class in the entire world. Am I right, Vince? That's true. Like, that is 100% it was- true. I'm not going to throw shade on that teacher's name, but holy cow, that was the worst class ever. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, not a single person passed the AP test. Did you pass that AP test? Of course you did. No. okay, okay. No, I did not. No. Oh, my God. No, I think I got a one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Right. I think. I wrote my name on the test. That's it. Right. We didn't learn a single thing. The only, like, good thing we did during that whole class was, remember when we had to do, we didn't start the fire, but, like, put current events in there? I thought that yep. was like the best assignment mm-hmm. ever. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, that's so funny. Wait, okay. Well, that makes me really sad, but I hopefully <laughs> like I wasn't actually glaring at people, but No, no, no. I don't know why I no, thought I'm my just shit giving didn't you a hard time. School, but... It was like one of those situations where you're off on the side and it's just like, I don't think she likes me. Oh, mm. oh no. Wait, that makes me so <laughs> sad. Okay. Anyways, we're going to be tired. Somehow he became one of the best humans in my life. And I have to tell the story because this literally my dad still brings this up to this day as Vince being the MVP of the entire friend group and like being the bestest friend in the whole wide world because I was going to um, Australia and I was leaving out of like the LA airport and my family drove me down there. It was like whatever, this whole to-do, like everyone was excited. They all drove down there with me and I forgot my passport on the freaking printer 
because I had they like told me to like take a few copies of it just in case like whatever in case it got stolen or whatever and I called Vince and I was like I have the most insane request like can you please go to my house and look for my freaking passport because I also like couldn't remember where it was like I was like I know I don't have it like that's the only thing I can think of of where it could be anyways and it was just like crazy because we were standing in like the airport parking lot. My mom's like, ha ha, like just joking. But like, do you have your passport? And I was like, yeah, duh, mom. And then I was like, oh my God, I don't have my passport. Like what is going on? And so I literally was panicking. My flight was like leaving in like three ish hours, like no joke. And so Vince was an angel drove from the basin, which is very far in Mariposa terms to my house, which is in mid pines. And he found my passport. He literally drove. My dad got in the car and drove. And Vince drove and met my dad somewhere in the middle on 99. And they exchanged passports. My dad literally got me my passport like minutes before the gates were closing for my flight. Oh, my gosh. And I flew to Australia because Vince saved the freaking day. (laughs) the most dramatic nail-biting story I've heard all day today. That's insane. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I remember I remember, too, your house was locked up. I had to, like, find a way to get in. I don't even remember Uh how I got into your house. And then it was just, like, driving down the road on the phone with your dad, like, okay, this is the next exit that I'm coming up to. And then we, like, managed to find the exit that we're both approaching from opposite directions and just hop off the side of the road, hand him the passport. Thanks. Bye. Get back in the car and run. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. That's oh my insane. Gosh. That's so, so sweet of you, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Isn't that life. the most incredible thing that you've ever yeah. had in your whole entire life? MVP I know, so. award. MVP for sure. Sh- yeah, for yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Anyway, let's talk we to love the it. listener for just a second. So, hello. Okay. Welcome to Candidly 30. Obviously, we're all like just so jazzed to have Dr. Vince here. Um, we're going to do quick updates. We're going to hear more about Dr. Vince. We're going to ask him some questions. Um, but first and foremost, let's like talk through the timeline. So, you guys met in high school. How long have you guys been friends as of today? Oh my God. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> like, Mental math. <laughs> like 18 years. If we're going by Vince's timeline, like 18. 17 years so not 20 to my timeline i'm gonna say like 20 something but okay okay. love it 20 just because it sounds fun you know what i mean but vince is probably vince is probably more accurate you know what like who actually remembers what happened in high school like i don't know oh my god i mean we probably not we were probably like kind of friends at first and then like actually became friends at some point along that the course of high school somewhere. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And I met Vince when we were in college because didn't you oh, go God. to Cal Poly or like San Luis Obispo a couple of times and like maybe one or two times in San Francisco? Anyway, it's so good to see your face again. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I just remember this very good time. Well, okay. Can I tell another embarrassing or just an embarrassing story? Vince? Yes, this is My- our embarrassing story podcast. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's get candid. I mean, you, you can tell plenty about me as well. Um, but one of my favorite things ever was whenever we were drinking a little alcohol, Vince would have to have hot Cheetos. And he would just like have these little like hot Cheeto fingers and like a hot, yeah. hot Cheeto mouth. And every once in a while, there would be some throw up, maybe possibly. And then he would panic that he was throwing up blood but it was actually hot Cheetos. <laughs> and then he would be like, and then we'd have to like talk him off of a ledge. Like, no, 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 you're not dying. You're not dying. This happens every time. <laughs> like you're fine. Yeah. You say occasionally, but it was literally every time. <laughs> and when we were in college, that was like every time that I saw you pretty much mm-hmm. coming to Sonoma or come into yeah. going somewhere yeah. else or driving up to Chico. It's just like, <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my Chico. God. It's such a oh, my God. 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 It's going to be a podcast oh, tagline. Wait, wait, I have one shout, one other additional shout out. Um, Lindsay texted me this morning and she said, tell Vince I said hi and that he is still Aww. the MVP because he was the only boy she ever snuck into her all girls dorm in college. And she's like, oh, my still God. That's the true. Only boy. Do you remember oh. that? Just to go to the bathroom, I think. <laughs> No big deal. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she says hi. And she just was like very excited that you were on the pod today. So she oh, can't wait to Lindsay. listen. Yeah. Um, so but sweet. Vince is actually one of our like number one supporters of the pod, which we love so much. It is the best thing ever that he texts me like almost every week. And he's just like talking about the pod or we give updates or whatever. What's been going on? 
Um, and so it's just really, really nice to reconnect. And I just like appreciate you so much for like, I don't Aww. know, listening. And I love that about being this podcast. A pod like, listener. Yeah. Everybody that we just like don't get a chance to talk to you enough in our lives, just like reach out, even if it's on a week by week or a month by month basis. Um, I think that's amazing. And then people can just keep up with us on the pod. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I anyway, remember sorry. my first. My first text I think to you about it was, wow, you both have really good podcast voices. Ah! And then the last two days I've been like, I've heard myself on recordings and I hate it. No, <laughs> I think your voice is wonderful. Absolutely. It's good. Be I've been thinking about it a lot. I was just thinking that when you came on originally, I was like, oh, his great fat. This is going to be great. This is your voice is wonderful. Yeah, not at all. Don't throw yourself under the bus. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's jump into this. So, um, it's been like 15 years since I think I've laid eyes on your face, your beautiful, beautiful face. Tell me what has been going on. You're in school. You're, you were obviously traveling, traveling recently. Like, let's get a lay down. Where are you? What's going on with your life? Let's introduce you formally to the listener. All right. So, um, I, I mean, I grew up in Mariposa, so I went to high school and stuff with Kelly and then we all kind of went our separate ways for college but hung out pretty regularly during those four years yeah um after it was nice college, we were all in the bay-ish area yeah exactly um during college it was like I was oh, gung-ho pre-med like didn't really know why I wanted to be a doctor at that point honestly um and I think it that kind of translated because I didn't do as well as I probably needed to, to just go straight from college to medical school. So after I graduated, I did a few years. I worked with Kelly at The Bug uh, for a summer. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, As the spa attendant and like local French translator when needed. Um, And then uh, eventually I went to St. George's University for medical school. And I, in the middle, I worked as like a home health aide and I was a pharmacy tech for a while. Um, but St. George's is a Caribbean medical school. Um, so I spent two years in Grenada, which is like one of those very South Southern Caribbean islands, um, which was wild, honestly, like it's a completely different living experience. And, you know, I can relate a lot to listening to the Ethiopia episodes because Mm -hmm. it was just like, like not to that extreme at all, (laughs) but (laughs) But it was definitely like you kind of got I got uprooted from my normal like way of life and kind of just had to adapt to that for those two years, Um, having to like walk through torrential rain and then suddenly it's 90 degrees and sunny all within my five minute walk from my dorm to class. Um, But it was that was amazing. And, you know, it's all classroom stuff at that point. So we're just having lectures every day. and then I was in Brooklyn, New York for two years for my clinical rotation. So it's like they have you kind of spend a little bit of time in each specialty, um, mostly shadowing, but sometimes they'll be like, go talk to the patient. They're always like, oh, you learn most from the patient. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I learn stuff from the patient, but also I have to read a lot. <laughs> um, so I was in Brooklyn for the bulk of those two years. I think I did one rotation in Riverside, California, but... Um, that was just for one month and it's just kind of like to show my face and meet some people because I'm going to apply for residency there. Um, and then can I got pause a little, you just yeah. for like one yeah. sec? So the actual process for getting into Grenada and going to school there, can you like explain mm. what that process was like? And then how you got to Brooklyn, like, do you have to do another application or once you're from Grenada, they like kind of help you get to Brooklyn or to your clinicals? How did that work? Oh yeah, definitely. I kind of blew through that, but, um, <laughs> no, no so, problem. When uh, when it comes to, like, applying to medical school, they look at a few different things. Um, you know, MCAT is the big one. It's, like, our standardized test. It, when I took it, it looks at, like, biology and chemistry and organic chemistry. Um, now there's, like, sociology and stuff in it, I believe. Oh, but, interesting. That makes um, sense. Though. Yeah, the the composition and scoring of the test is completely different from when I took it back in 2000. 12 or something but um application process why so I applied for medical school a year after I graduated from college and I applied to like 40 different medical schools and I didn't get into any of them (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I 
when I was living in San Luis Obispo, I spent a year, like, I took another chemistry class. I took a, I retook a calculus class that I didn't do very well in. Uh, and I took a year of Spanish while I was there. So uh, it kind of boosted my GPA a little bit, went back to reapply. And I was like, dang, this is too expensive. I can't afford to apply now because when you're in college and you have no income, it's all, all the fees are waived. Mm -hmm, but now right. I'm like, I have a job, but you know, I'm making like minimum wage. I can't afford to apply. So um, I had a friend who told me about her cousin that went to St. George's, which is like a Caribbean school, a little bit lower, like requirements to get in, but they're doing really well now. Like they graduated, they're practicing and everything went super smoothly. So I did some reading about it. Um, and St. George's, it's like one of those huge schools, 900 people in your class, like, which is dramatically bigger than a medical school class in the States. Okay. Um, it's very expensive to go there, costs about twice as much. Um, but they had very good uh, placement into residencies after graduation. And so okay. I was like, okay, let's do this. So I, I only applied there. They called me back like two weeks later and they're like, hey, yeah, you can start. <laughs> like, come, come in August. And I was like, okay, great. Like, I guess I'm going to Grenada in August. So that was that. And it's just like the application. They look at my grades. They look at my MCAT. They look at my work experience and my extracurriculars and community service, like all the things that you think about when you apply to college. Um, of course, then their, you know, their requirements are like up here instead, but. Um, so that's how I ended up in Grenada. And then the, that school is actually contracted with hospitals all across the country for their clinical rotations. So then you kind of, you know, you have your friend group and you all pick the city where you all want to go and you all like rank the hospitals that you want and be like, okay, even if we don't end up at the same hospital, we'll end up close to each other and we can still hang mm -hmm. out and like have parties or whatever. So my whole group of friends was like let's go to Brooklyn so that's what we did um there were a handful of us who ended up at uh Woodhull Hospital which is in um like Bushwick Bed-Stuy uh the neighborhoods um in Brooklyn and I had some friends who were at another hospital nearby and we would all just kind of meet up and have big gatherings of people from Grenada um, that's amazing yeah and so that one was just kind of like you list your preferences and then they're like okay we'll try to put you at your first choice but if it's not your first you'll go to your second it wasn't like an application process for that it was all because oh, nice. it was all continuously and all the hospitals were contracted with the university nice yeah that is really nice so it's kind of like I mean just good to know that you can kind of move with the people that you've actually been like living with and working with and everything you mm -hmm. guys are all kind of like on the same field I don't know if that's how it yeah. really feels but I mean, it seems like it's nice to have like a community of like people who are in the same boat as you because I can't imagine like, yeah, people understanding like what you're going through, just knowing what Peace Corps was like and whatever. <laughs> you need some people on the inside. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even if they're suffering as well. Or what part of Brooklyn? Bushwick? I love Yeah, Bushwick. I was in Bushwick. Yeah, I was like right. It's like right at the corner. It's like Bushwick, Bed-Stuy, and mm -hmm. I think a third one that I can't remember now. But yeah. Yep. And I love so, Brooklyn though. So fun. And, and Bushwick is like kind of dingy, but it's kind of a fun neighborhood. I like it. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly how to describe it for sure. Um, And I was there like going right into 2020. So yeah, oh, so yeah. super fun. Um, I was. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that one. Day. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was a fourth year medical student. I was rotating in endocrinology. Um, and it was just me and the attending. And attending is just kind of that title for the the supervisor who's already independently practicing. They're all licensed, and they train students and residents and stuff below them. Um, so I was, it was just me and my attending on the endocrinology service. And she's like, Hey, you know, we just had our first COVID patient come into the emergency room today. So go home and don't come back unless the school makes a statement that you have to come back. So mm -hmm. I went home within a week of that, all of our clinical rotations got transitioned into online classes and we weren't allowed to wow. go back to the hospitals. Oh my goodness. So that was crazy because we're all getting ready to go to residency but we aren't seeing any right. patients anymore mm. um the residency application is a whole other 
beast. You know, we take board exams for that and you apply to all these places and they'll offer you interviews. But the thing about that system is at the beginning, you agree that you sign your agreement that if you match with a program, that's the program you're going to. Mm, Like you're not going to try and finagle that or find a different spot somewhere. That's where you're going. Um, So you have to be careful because it's all computerized. You like make your list of your preference and the hospitals, the programs make their list of applicants. And then it all gets plugged into a computer system and tells you, okay, this person's going here, this person's going there. So that can be very scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And... Uh, so that's how I ended up going from New York to Florida, um, because I matched at uh, an internal medicine residency in Ocala, which is like um, your general adult medicine. And I knew that that's what when I wanted to do. You... It... Yeah. Yeah. When did you transition from like, or like when, at what point did you decide like what specialty you actually wanted to go into? Because I remember in high school, you wanted to be a surgeon and I already mm-hmm. told you this, but you told me that you weren't doing that anymore, but um, you were like, yeah, absolutely not. Like I hated it so much. And so I just think <laughs> it's so interesting. Like, yeah, like where you actually like um, get to choose what you wanted to be specializing in. And then I kind of want to hear also like, how did it work since you were just like at home doing online classes for residency? How did it work like or transition into like actually being out Same. of COVID times. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. like how you feel like being <laughs> yeah, back like, in the office. Give us the tea. Let's, let's dive into it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so as far as picking specialties, our whole third year is like, you're going to do 12 weeks in internal medicine. You're going to do 12 weeks in general surgery. Six weeks, we do pedi- uh, pediatrics, uh, OBGYN, um, family medicine. And you kind of have to get your taste of those specialties during that time. Um, and then towards the end of third year, beginning of, I guess, middle of fourth year is really when you apply. Um, because in the beginning of fourth year, it's like, that's when I went to the hospital in Riverside. Because it's like, okay, I know I want to do internal medicine. So I'm going to do an internal medicine rotation here and meet all the internal mm-hmm. medicine doctors in this program. Um, so they can write me letters of recommendation and stuff. But the... Internal medicine was my first rotation of third year, and I loved it. Um, it just, there's so much because you have to know all the systems of the body when you're in general practice, basically. Um, and it's it's very, it's this very, like, cognitive, you have to think a lot about what's going on with people. It's never just like, you know, oh, they came in with this, this, and this, so they have that, and this is what I'm going to do. You have to really know what's going on. Um, and I really loved that. I was very excited for surgery because, like you said, I wanted to be a surgeon for a very long time. Um, when I was on the island doing all my classwork, like classroom work, I was like in the surgery club, and I was like, I'm learning how to do sutures, and this is awesome. <laughs> I went into an operating room, um, and it was like around Christmas time because that was like my second twelve weeks of third year, and First of all, everyone's very intense. They're like, oh, you know, you have to scrub in, right? So it's like you have to get all your hands super clean. You have to not touch anything and get the gloves put on you as I'm hand gesturing for the camera. Um, <laughs> you know, they do the, the thing where you have to like the So it's not just in the movies? The nurse. No, they no, they like hold up that? the gown for you and you're like, huh, and you like <laughs> slide your hands in. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's just that's all very... Um, intimidating at first but then you have people in there like don't get close to the sterile field and everybody's like freaking out because you're the student who doesn't know anything you're gonna bump something or contaminate something so everybody's Mm -hmm. just very intense about it they need to be but it's it can be very intimidating and then we stood there for like four hours in one spot for a surgery and i was dying i'm not built for that like i had lower back pain in my 20s i was like "Mm mm-mm so it was just like, you know, I learned really quickly that I didn't like that type of environment. I didn't like, um, you know, that work style of, you know, stand there and very be very meticulous for a very long period of time. 
So I was just like, no, this isn't for me. And so I started pawning off my surgeries on other students who wanted to be surgeons. I'm like, yeah, I could go study if you want to go do this appendectomy or something. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, dude, thanks. And I'm just like, you've got it. (laughs) (laughs) The impression is just hands down the best. I'm like, go ahead. Um, so then you only apply for that specialty though, is, mm-hmm. is like, like I have submitted applications only for internal medicine. Um, it's not a super competitive specialty. Um, people who go for like really competitive specialties, sometimes they'll do backup specialties, but I didn't. So mm-hmm. I only applied for internal medicine. Um, I didn't have a ton of interviews because I applied a little bit late. Um, and that was just like timing wise, uh, that was like applications were due right around the time that my dad passed away Mm -hmm. um so it really just like put a delay on the application process um so i interviewed at one hospital in long island new york the hospital in ocala here in florida uh, and i interviewed at a hospital in um in washington state actually Uh, (laughs) oh gosh where was it it was north of seattle now i'm not going to remember the city but it's just like eh, this little cares? city we halfway like between Seattle and Denver. I'm leaving Washington anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I, I had my three interviews, so I put them in order, and I'm like, please, 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 and please don't send me to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I matched in Florida, and I remember being very excited about that because, Yay. you know, back at the time that I applied, when I did interviews, it was right before COVID. And so we actually had to go to each hospital and they would have a whole day plan and we'd all go to dinner with the other applicants. They would tour you around the hospital, introduce you to a bunch of people. You'd sit in Wine on their, and dine you. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> sit in on their conferences and uh, then you have your like interviews with people. Now it's all virtual. Nobody visits anywhere. It's like... I interviewed residents like residency applicants last year and I had to sit uh I had to sit there with a laptop for like four hours just listening and smiling and talking about the program and um but back then it was a whole to do and it was very uh expensive because you're buying flights, you're renting cars, you're getting hotel rooms for all of these mm-hmm. on your student loans. Right. <laughs> like yeah. you don't have an income in medical school, so it's all just like all right, I hope I allotted enough money for this. Oh, boy. But um, yeah, so I ended up in Ocala Internal Medicine. um, And that was in July of 2020. So it was still like, not that mad dash where nobody had any like, uh, PPE, like equipment. And um, but it was still really rough at that time. And my first day of residency was in the ICU. uh, In the intensive care unit. So it's just like, completely full they've like converted other units into covid units Mm. and it's like at that time they're like residents are not allowed to go into covid rooms because they're like we're not exposing because any patient that a resident sees their attending also has to see so they're like we're not going to expose two people just one person in the room and then slowly over the course of that year it kind of was like okay third year residents can go in so that's a internal medicine is a three-year residency Mm. um so are and you like wrapping up your residency at the moment or I'm done. Yay! I finished my residency. Um so residency is like it varies the duration varies from specialty to specialty. Um some specialties you do like a year of general medicine and then go into your specialty. Um and so it's like surgeons they have 5 years of residency. Uh but internal medicine is 3 years and then a lot of people will subspecialize from internal medicine, which is what I did. So I do my three years and very kind of like how it is in medical school, where it's like you taste all the different specialties and kind of figure out what you like. Um, we do that. We we do like four weeks and all kinds of different specialties. As you get further in residency, you'll be like, I want to do more in that specialty. Um so I did more and more infectious disease over the course of my three years uh, and applied um, on time <laughs> for <laughs> infectious disease fellowship, um, which is a very not competitive specialty because the pay is the worst in all of the internal medicine subspecialties. Um, Why would that be? For reasons unknown. 
I don't know. It's yeah. something they're working on. Um, trying to get like better compensation to increase uh like the appeal of the specialty but as of now it's a it's not very competitive a lot of spots go unfilled every year um but i was really lucky and uh i applied at like 20 i only applied to like 20 programs by the time i booked 10 interviews i was like okay no more like I was like, I'm 10 is fine. <laughs> and I started declining yeah. interviews after that. Um, and I made my list. Why did you I ended choose at... infectious yeah. disease? Sorry. Oh, yeah. So, Why did you um, like it? So this is it's just like when I interviewed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so why infectious disease? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so when I went into uh, one of the big things that has always stood out to me about the about like access to medicine is like for me trying to find a primary care doctor and wondering like you know is there going to be a problem with my sexuality and this primary care doctor like there shouldn't be but there it happens right mm-hmm. um and so I wanted to go into a specialty that I could try and like flip that a little bit. Um, and there were a few that kind of played around in my head, but uh, I had a infectious disease rotation pretty early in my residency. So I was like, and I was just like, this is so cool. You are a detective trying to figure out like, where is this patient's fever coming from? What test do I need to do to find it? How can I get a sample of that to grow in the lab? And then um, looking at like, okay, what antibiotics is this susceptible to? How long do they need to be on it? What sort of tests do we need to look at later down the road to make sure that it's resolved? Um, And so that whole kind of like puzzling it out and fitting it together, uh, I really enjoyed. Um, You know, I had a a few conversations and people are like, well, that's true of every specialty. I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) But that was just, it just like I think the incorporation of the microbiology of it with the like medicine was just really and the pharmacology and just kind of bringing that all together was really interesting for me um in infectious disease specifically I see a lot of patients with HIV uh, a lot of um and a lot of those patients are gay uh, like young gay people who are panicking and don't know what to do um and so those are the people that I want to treat like those are that's my patient population so um that was part of it you know i don't specifically just want to treat uh hiv but i want to know that like um someday when i'm practicing you know maybe somebody will be like who can i see and uh i'll have somewhere on my profile or my website or whatever like um you know, gays come here. <laughs> yeah, like a safe yeah. space yeah. that they can feel like yeah, they can ask space. questions and not have bias. Yeah, I think that's really commendable. That's amazing. So, and I um, feel that's like that's what can initially you talk a little bit. It. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, can you talk a little bit about just like HIV numbers in general? Because I feel like there's a misconception that like HIV was only in the United States in like the 80s, and now HIV mm-hmm. is only in like mm-hmm. third world countries. Because, I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, I learned so much more about it being in the Peace Corps. um, We were, like, given so much information about it, and we were around a lot more people who, Mm -hmm. like, were HIV positive. Um, And, I mean, we worked with them on, like, the daily basis because there was programs and things for them. But I don't know if there's any resources Mm -hmm. like that for anyone in the States. There might be. We're just, like, not aware of it. I feel like people just don't really talk about it very much. That's really true. Um, And HIV is like a pretty, is still quite prevalent. Um, We don't hear about it as much because it's not this like horrific killer anymore. It's so treatable that it kind of has become silent and people don't talk about it as much. Um, But we still see new infections pretty often. Um, It depends on sort of the socioeconomic status of the area. Um, Here in Jacksonville, there's a lot of like poor, um, uninsured uh, patients. So like before the, before the show, I was telling you a little bit about PrEP. Um, you know, that's a great way for prevention of HIV, but it's like, 
you have to be able to access it. It's still an expensive drug. So somebody who has mm -hmm. no insurance, no access to healthcare, can't necessarily get it very easily. Um, but it's, I don't know specific like statistics, but um, it's definitely something that's still prevalent. Um, you know, we see less transmission now just because we have better treatment options. And if, if somebody's HIV is well controlled with medication, um, we, you know, we check levels in the blood. And so once that level becomes undetectable by tests, it's not cured, it's not gone, but uh, it's not transmittable. So they can't give mm -hmm. it to anybody else as mm -hmm. long as it's being well controlled with medication. Um, but, you know, we see it with a lot of people who can't afford their medications and then they're their, the level of virus in their blood goes up and it gets transmitted. Um, we see it with uh, people who use IV drugs and are sharing needles. Um, and so it's definitely still very much still a thing in the United States. Um, it's not one of those things that we hear about all the time anymore, except when we hear about like PrEP or the, you know, the new commercials about the, the new medication that's available. Um, but yeah, we definitely see tons of it tons of it yeah i just feel like so disappointed in the state of our current healthcare system and that like life-saving drugs and solutions are there and they're available but only to the people who can actually afford them which mm -hmm. I, and then you have these companies that are just jacking up prices left and right and i'm like <laughs> that's just capitalism it's it's just really disheartening but do you find I mean, like there are like programs or you know accessibility options or opportunities that individuals can take advantage of or is absolutely it um so specifically with our like population of hiv patients who or i shouldn't say it that way i should say you know patients who have hiv um and don't have insurance there are federally funded programs available okay. through ryan white um that give access to uh doctor visits blood work medications um, we have one in our hospital here uh, that uninsured patients, they have to, you know, they have to sign paperwork every year to qualify for it. Um, but they get their doctor visits there, they get all their blood work done, and they get all their medications for free. Um, very similarly, wow. they can go to the Department of Health uh, and receive very similar um, benefits like that. So they That's definitely, really cool. they're out there. And it's like, sometimes people, you know, the the main issues we see is when people aren't taking taking it seriously. They're not making their own appointments or not going to these follow-ups and getting it dealt with uh, yeah. in a timely fashion. Um, or they just never knew and nobody told them or the oh. doctor that they saw didn't know about these resources that are available. So it's, it's still like, we still are overcoming some stuff, but there are resources yeah. available. Maybe we'll, for the listener, if you have any interest, we'll put a couple of links um, in the description for the, the episode so we can kind of follow up on that if you have questions. But yeah, um, that's good to hear that there are at least some kind of options and programs that people can take advantage of. Um, but wait, can we go back okay. to uh, Big Pharma? Like, wait, Vince, how do you feel? <laughs> oh, God. Just like, <laughs> I'm like, we're going in. I feel like, let's the, get into it. How do you feel about just like, you know, insurance and how that works like through your, I don't know how it works through your office or whatever, but like, doesn't it seem, I don't know, like, why are we the only country that doesn't have universal healthcare? And like, I mean, I hope that you're making like all the billions of dollars in the world because <laughs> you deserve it. But also it's just like hard sometimes, you know, when you're like, I don't know, we pay mm -hmm. these copays, we pay all these insurance premiums, and then we have to pay for drugs on top of that. I mean, drugs as in like medications, whatever, if we need them. And I then mean, like, it just seems impossible. Like everything seems impossible to get like anything done. I don't know. It's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's, it's such a difficult conversation to have because on the one hand, of course, I could make this blanket statement and say, you know, oh, I think that we should have universal healthcare. And I think that every, everybody should be able to get everything that they need for free. And to an extent I do, but it's like, on the other hand, on the other side of that coin, I'm like, what impacts economically does that have on the on the healthcare field? I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not super well versed in that and like the policies behind universal healthcare and insurance premiums and all of that nonsense. But what I do know is that you know those are challenges that we deal with as physicians now. Is like okay, how can I ensure that my patient is going to get the medications they need, that they're going to get 
the help because a lot of times patients that we see in the hospital can't just go home. They've been there for right. weeks. They need rehab or home health care or and you know there's we have patients who need dialysis or emergency surgery and it's like on the one hand you know universal health care but on the other hand it's like these are patients they're getting what they need in the hospital you know when it's like an emergency and then it's just it often becomes okay well what next like where do you go from here who can you follow up with that's a daily conversation that we have is like okay this patient needs to be seen by infectious disease after they get out of the hospital in like four weeks or six weeks what insurance do they have Hmm. okay they can go to this clinic or they can come to our clinic or uh, they have to go to the department of health or whatever and so it's frustrating we kind of work around it um you know i I felt it a lot more in internal medicine when we're trying to like get somebody into a rehab or make sure that they're going to see if I needed to get somebody like a CAT scan uh, in the outpatient setting, like somebody who I saw in my clinic. And I'm like, we really need to get a CAT scan. Then it's like, okay, let me send this order to your insurance. Then they're going to say, oh, we need you to convince us why we should pay for that scan. And so it becomes this like, weeks long process to get a cat scan as opposed to like in the hospital where i'm like okay cat scan and an hour later i have results you know so Mm -hmm. there's there's pluses and minuses for sure you have to like as the physician you're putting an order into their the patient's insurance and the insurance is then calling you saying as the doctor you have to convince us why they need a cat scan like to me that sounds like logistical bureaucratic nonsense (laughs) Like, that's what the Mm -hmm. insurance is supposed to do. But, like, I can't imagine having – because I know when I think about, like, insurance and things like that, it's usually, like, when I make an appointment, okay, here's my insurance card or whatever, and then I'm done. But Mm -hmm. in your position, it's so much more hoops and conversations and logistical nightmare bullshit scenarios. And I'm like, as the patient myself, I can, I'm frustrated as in your position, I can't even imagine dealing with like the multiple levels of insurance, insurance for multiple patients. Like, do you have to get on the phone or is that somebody in your office that like specializes in those kinds of conversations? Um, It kind of depends. So it's, it's not really somebody in the office who specializes in those. I've had to, you know, I've, up to this point, I've been a trainee, so I've always had somebody above me, um, another a doctor who's you know licensed, more experienced, my attending. Um, they so there have been times that I had to call. Typically not because a lot of times the the people you have to talk to um, they don't want to hear from a resident. They want to hear from the person in charge, right? Oh my god, I will. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> but okay, fair. But um. You know, I've had conversations where I have to try to convince. Um, it usually doesn't take that much convincing. Um, okay. And then sometimes, though, it's just on the computer and you just fill in a form and it's like, you know, oh, you're ordering a CAT scan, but have they had an x-ray yet? X-rays are cheaper, you know? And Ugh. sometimes you're like, oh, you know, that's that's true. Like an x-ray is cheaper, but, you know, then we have to wait for the x-ray to get done. Then we have to get the results and we have to see them in the office. Then we have to put in the order again. And then we have to, it's just... You know, Oops. oftentimes it's just time, time yeah. wasted. <clears throat> yeah, it's so really frustrating. Sometimes oh it feels like, okay, you know how we have a lot of like things are online these days too, where like you, mm. I don't know, you have like a patient portal and you can like discuss everything and like message your doctor back and forth and ask for additional things, <sighs> ask for like an, a refill, whatever. Why are you laughing? Is that, is that not true? It's very relatable. That's no, it's very relatable. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so that's what I do with my doctor. But then it's like, she's like, okay, well, you have to come in. Like if I ask for like something, whatever. She's like, okay, well, you kind of have to come in. And I'm like, where is the line between like, like she has to like bill insurance or something. And so I have to come in and like what I can talk with her, like through the patient portal. You know what I mean? Like, it seems mm-hmm. like a very sketchy mm-hmm. line sometimes and I'm like, you just want my like $30 copay, you know? And I obviously that's like a very skeptical like way of thinking about it. But like, I don't know. It just seems so silly sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you could literally just like change my prescription from wherever you are sitting and writing me back right now. 
as opposed to me going in the office and you writing the same exact thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think about this a lot because like there has to be a level of liability within that. If like if you have a patient that's that's been on the same like medication for years and years and years and every time that they want an additional medication or like a refill and they have to go through like some kind of physical in order to get that, even though it's the same medication, like there has to be some kind of liability. And that's the reason why they require like eyes, eye contact basically. Right. Or am I just hundred percent. So what ends up happening is we have patients who will just request a refill, request a refill and never come back. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times with, with patients, there is something that you're following up, you know, is it, do you need to see their labs once a year, their blood work? You know, is their kidney function good a year later on this medication? Mm. Um, is their liver fine? Like, and sometimes, you know, you'll ask a patient, how are things going? And they're like, oh, yeah, totally same. Everything's fine. I take my medication every day. But then, you know, there's signs that, you know, maybe it's not as fine as we thought. Or maybe we need to make an adjustment. Maybe your blood pressure is higher um, then, you know, then you think it is, or then it's showing up on your machine at home or, you know, the CVS pharmacies, you know, machine these people go sometimes. Oh yeah. The arm thing. Check that their sure blood pressure been there. updated since like the 1980s or exactly. something. Exactly. Like I'm, like, I'm like, these aren't calibrated. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, and then of course the, the way that we are, uh, the like patient doctor contract, and I don't know the specifics behind that timing, I know I've been told like, oh, two years, they're considered, if you haven't seen them in two years or three years, they're not, they're considered a new patient. So it's mm-hmm. like, you've never seen them before. You have to do all your basics again, start from scratch. But, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if that varies from like location to location or state to state or whatever, but um, like, I can't just refill your cholesterol medicine for three years and never see you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because that happens. Okay. And a lot of these places, you know, they are only seeing people once or twice a year. Okay, okay let's transition to less scary things. So why do you like Ocala? Or like, do you think you'll stay there for long term? Like, how much longer do you need to stay there to like fulfill your contract? Mm. Or are you already out well, of your contract? Or I don't live in Ocala. Anymore. <laughs> um, I did oh. my residency there. I did. I spent three okay. years in Ocala. Uh, and I graduated in June. Um, right. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. Um, And then I started my infectious disease fellowship in Jacksonville. So I live in Jacksonville, Florida now. Um, Okay. So I'm at University of Florida, Jacksonville. um, And this is where I'm doing my two-year infectious disease fellowship. I'm like seven months in now. Nice. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. So once you finish your fellowship, then you can decide if you want to stay there or if you want to. Yeah have your own yeah. practice well my partner or... my partner was born and raised here in jacksonville so oh. probably maybe <laughs> won't move but we'll see that would be a discussion later got it <laughs> yeah does oh does did they work in in uh uh the medical field as well not even meet? close no no <laughs> never mind we don't have to talk about him just because <laughs> okay. yeah We'll talk about it after. Be on the pod. Okay. okay, where did you go to vacation just recently? Because I was I wrote down Africa, but is that right? That is right. Um, so I just got back. Uh, so I spent all of last week in Southern Africa. Um, primarily in primarily <laughs> spent last the last week in Zimbabwe. Um, we flew into Johannesburg initially, uh-huh. um, and spent one night in Johannesburg. Oh my God, and that was just like went out to dinner, went out to a uh, a gay club. Um, which I was like, what? But it was, it was crazy. It was like completely packed. Yeah, it was, it was packed. It was like, like, it was so, so much fun. We had a blast. Um, and then the next day we flew into Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. Um, and that was kind of like our hub, uh, like home base for traveling around Zimbabwe. So we went um from there like we landed that day and we went to this ancient ruin just outside of Bulawayo called the Kami ruins wow um that day and we got we got to the entrance at like five o'clock and they're like this lady comes running down from her house and her flip-flops and she's like we're closed we closed at five and I'm like well wait it's it's like 504 can we just look really quick and she's like no no I closed I closed and 
uh, and we're like, pull out our wallets. Can we just go really quick? Yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, she like counts the bills and she's like, yeah, okay. She's like, just, just don't take too long. Oh my and just God. lets us in. Um, <clears throat> so we went in and we like cruised around there really quick. It was so cool. I got uh, a really beautiful shot of like the sunset from the top of the ruins that I posted oh, on Instagram, wonderful. but which I'm terrible about. I never post pictures on Instagram, but Same. that one is I'm there. I'm so bad at it. Um, I'm going to look at it right now. Then the next day we went to Great Zimbabwe, which is like a four-hour drive east from where we were. Uh, and that is like the ancient city that is all ruins now, but it's what the country is named after, uh, Great Zimbabwe. And it has like this huge like mountain with ruins on top of that. And then there's like ruins down at the bottom. So you kind of go up this like really steep mountain trail up to the top of this rock and then you just have these stunning views in every direction from those ruins um we went to matobo national park which is where they have white rhinos uh that we didn't see any in four hours driving around we're like like ooh, this looks like a back road but we have four-wheel drive so let's just like see if there's rhinos down there but um, we didn't find any rhinos, unfortunately. But then, rhinos come out at night, though, right? Like, so you have to yeah. Be like, so we didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> Wait, why do you know that? You can't really do stuff. <laughs> oh, because I watch all of the like Netflix documentary series. Oh, um, uh, we were unprepared. <laughs> yeah, you should watch the one. It's it's something after dark or whatever. It's so good. But go ahead. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Um. So we. Got on the road straight from there. We only intended to spend a couple of hours there, but we ended up staying for four, trying to find the rhinos. Mm. We drove straight north um, up towards Victoria Falls. Um, so this is where things got a little bit dicey. Um, you weren't that was driving, a six hour right? Drive. They, someone was driving you guys? I wasn't. He was. Oh, he was. No, no, no. We didn't have a driver. We rented a car. <gasps> Whoa, mm. I didn't know you could do that and just go and do your own thing. Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> Well, okay, sorry, continue your story. <laughs> <laughs> so we drove like six hours north. Um, Victoria Falls kind of like rides the border between Zimbabwe and Zambia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to, our hotel was in Livingstone, Zambia. Uh, so we needed to get to the border, go through border control, get to Zambia for our hotel that night. Um, and we got there and it was pretty late because we stayed longer than intended at Matobo. Um we get to the Zimbabwe border and everything is super chill. They like stamp our passports, sign our documents for the car. And they're like, okay, go ahead. Um, and we drive across and it's like a bridge. It's dark, but you can still see kind of like the mist coming up from the waterfalls Whoa. off the side of the bridge. So cool. Um, and then the Zambia border gate is closed. The gate is closed. It's dark. There's nobody there. We're like, but we see another car like on the other side of the gate like going through so we're like oh they just do one at a time which we saw a lot of like somebody would come out open the gate let you in and then close it behind you places um so we're just kind of waiting for them and another person drives up behind us and just starts honking and then the guards come over to the gate and they're like no the border closes at 10 oh no (gasps) we don't nobody can cross into zambia now and we're like well we've been here for like 10 minutes (laughs) It's 10 o'clock now. Oh, no. <clears throat> um, and nobody came over and said anything in those 10 minutes. And they're like, oh, well, it was already closed. What? And we're like, what? Can we go back to Zimbabwe? And they're like, they close at 10, too. Uh, and we're like, what do we what? do? <laughs> they're like, <laughs> sleep in your car. Oh, my God. They yep. made you sleep in the car? We slept in the car <gasps> no. from 10, 8, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Did you actually sleep, though? I would not be no. able to sleep. Yeah, no. no and okay. actually, we were like, oh, we can just walk down this little, down to the bridge and, like, look at the waterfalls from here in the, at night. That'll be cool. You know, it'll kill a little bit of time. We have nothing to do now. Um, and we get down there, and this little, this little guard comes out of his booth with his machine gun. And he's like, where did you come from? And we're like, right there. He's like, how did you get here? We drove. Do you have a car? <laughs> yeah, it's right there. They're like, he's like, go back to your car. I'm gonna arrest you. Oh my god. He's like, what? He's like, don't get out of your car, or you can spend the night in a Zambia jail. <laughs> and we're like, that's crazy. Yeah, no, we spent it in our car. I cannot believe um, you slept in. Like, you had to stay in your car overnight because yep. the 
That is ridiculous. Oh so my god. So I've spent a night in no man's land, basically. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. in oh the god. ether, honestly, like in between lands. I mean, honestly, that does not surprise me in one single bit. Like the fact, I mean, just African countries have silly rules like that in general, but just the fact that like they have a closing time and an opening time, but they they don't actually follow those opening and closing times does not surprise me. Yeah. And then the yeah. second thing is that they're just like oh make up these arbitrary rules like, "Oh no, you have to stay there now." Like that seems way more harmful <laughs> than just letting you through like that. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Totally. Crazy. I'm sorry. You have so, to do that. Yeah. I mean, I we were like talking safe. to the embassy and yeah. It, yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy. Yeah. No, it was, it was actually like all things considered, I never felt unsafe that whole trip anywhere. Oh, good. Um, you know, we did get on the phone with the embassy and we're like, this is crazy. We have to sit out here for eight hours. There's no bathroom. There's no water. There's no food. There's nothing. There's nothing yeah. here. Um, but it was it was fine, I guess. It's a good story. Yeah, um, for real. The next day was our safari. Yeah, but in the moment, I would absolutely be freaking out. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, I was like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, thank God you were together. Um, luckily, we had lots of snacks in the oh, car. Good. good. Yeah. Um, oh, and the next morning, we had to we went on our safari in Huangay National Park. Saw tons of elephants, yeah. zebras, giraffes, um, impalas, so and. A couple of lions right at the very end. That was my spot. I didn't spot anything. I learned that I need glasses. Um, there were times where my partner would be like, stop the car. There's an elephant over there. And I'd be looking through the trees. I'm like, I don't see anything. What are you talking about? And everybody else, there were only three of us. It was me, my partner, and one lady. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's right there. And the driver's like, I can see it, too. And I'm like, I see nothing. So I'm... um. I'm going to be seeing an optometrist soon. and But I did spot the lions. That was like my catch. Oh, my God. So oh, I was fun. very excited about that. That's amazing. Um, and then we saw Victoria Falls on our last day, nice. which is incredible. It's like the biggest waterfall in the world. And you can stand in the middle and you look left, you look right. It goes completely as far as I can see. Wow. And Wait, was that your idea to go or your partner's? Um, we have a very different strategy for picking destinations. Um, he... He does all the planning, but he makes a huge list of destinations and he looks at flight availability on those days because we want to be able to leave ideally after work on my last day of work Mm -hmm. so we can kind of like eke every hour out of it. Um, And then so we look at flight availability. We look at prices of flights. He looks at I say we he does all of it. He looks at um, which ones have upgrades available on Delta that we can get, you know, like a free upgrade mm-hmm. um, and hotel prices. What's the weather like that time of the year? Everything. So like we're already, again, I say we, he is already <laughs> planning our next trip in April because um, my next vacation is in April. So that one is looking like maybe Cambodia, but mm-hmm. incredible. It's uh, one of the best places I ever see. went. Well, like the whole um, Anchor Wat is like literally one of the coolest places I think that you could ever go. <gasps> so it's very, cool. very cool. Yeah. So definitely be on I can't top. wait for you That's to definitely. go. I remember I talked to you yeah. about it. I talked to you about it a year ago when we were talking about going. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be at the same time that you were going to be in Orlando. Oh, that's right. And so it's like, you're like, I'm going to be in Orlando. I'm like, I'm going to be somewhere. Yeah. Not in this country. That's true. Um, <laughs> And, but we ended up going to India instead, just because of similarly, those plans always seem to change and down until the very last minute, depending mm. on how the flights work out. Oh my gosh. Well, so. I just want to live vicariously through you. That sounds very, very cool. Same. <laughs> oh my God. Also, follow up, it is a heritage site. So, Ooh, uh, wow. So okay. Good. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Um, wait, okay. I have one more question. I know we've held you for like a very, very long time, um, but I just have one additional question that sounds like kind of self-deprecating or like kind of insane. But like, why do you like the pod so much? Or like, I mean, that in like the very. Oh, oh my gosh, way. she's just fishing for compliments. It's okay. There are so many reasons. I just feel like um, um, I just love that you love it, and like I don't know, we don't really get like we get feedback in the form of like people text me like, oh, haha, that one was so funny, or like something. But like, okay, Kelly actually gets like friend feedback. I get family like my grandma texts me it's like this was incorrect. Like okay, thanks, grandma. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, my relationship with podcasts, like I've 
I've kind of transitioned away from listening to music in the car for the most Me part. Too. I listen to podcasts most of the yeah. time. Um, um, unless it's like very specific, like I'm going to Disney today, so I'm going to listen to Disney music. But I almost always listen to podcasts and they're very different. I have a couple medical podcasts. I have a couple like video game podcasts. Um, and then I remember when you were initially posting about it, I don't, cause I don't think I started listening for the first like five or six episodes and it just happened to be like that perfect combination of like, I'm all caught up on my current podcast. I want to listen to something else. And I remembered seeing your, your post. I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it and see what happens. And, um, I love getting to like, get the updates and just like the banter and, um, (laughs) and I mean, I feel like that one of the great things about your podcast is that you talk about things that are super relatable to everybody. So it's like, even when it's really light and it's just like, this is, these are the products I ordered from Amazon since last week. Like they're all, that's like still such a relatable experience for people of like, oh, I saw this thing on Amazon. I ordered it and tried it. It was terrible or it was great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like this combination of like, I love getting to like, it's like, I feel like I'm part of the conversation when I'm listening to it. So it's like catching up for me too. Uh, and then it's just like all very relatable stuff that you talk about, except when, when you, you know, when you talk about Ethiopia, that's just interesting. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Oh, well, thank you for listening. I love that episode though. Me too. She's so, <laughs> She's so sweet. I love her. Oh. Yeah. Someday you'll meet Sam. I, also, I don't think you sound anything like No her. way. I don't hear oh, it Oh, that's all. so funny. I think I don't they hear sound exactly all. the same. Oh my God. That's mm-hmm. hilarious. Like multiple. Are we doing gratitudes and grievances today? Or do we want to skip it since this one's a little bit longer? Um, I didn't write any down. Vince, what do you think? It's up to you. Um, I asked if I should prepare anything, and you said no. I, know, so I, I didn't. didn't yeah, any, I mean, but... I didn't prepare <laughs> okay. them. He didn't prepare them. It's totally fine. The only yeah. I will have one grievance, and I'm going to tell my habanero story. Oh my so gosh. my face is kind of on fire right now. Okay, I'm going to tell you. So I'm I'm getting ready for my whole thirty. Right, it's February first, whatever. A lot, and I'm making this like habanero ranch dressing that I'm obsessed with. But it's my first time cooking with a habanero pepper, and so dumb me is not wearing gloves as I'm ripping apart this pepper. I washed my hands like twice, and then I touched my like inside of my nostril and then my side of my face, and it's been numb for the past two hours. Like <laughs> my face is on. Fire. <laughs> you've been holding it together really well though okay if like you're doing so good i appreciate yeah. that i have like little tears on my eyes and stuff anyway the, my grievance is habanero peppers are hot yo i haven't <laughs> even eaten it i've just like wiped my skin on the outside and it's on fire so that's my grievance oh for the my day. well give us an update on how <laughs> horrible. the whole like ranch process continues for real because now we have to know we're invested i will um I'll let you guys know. Well, like, overall, gratitude, obviously, for Vince and, like, hanging out with us, even though we literally – I mean, I will blame myself because I kept saying, like, we're going to schedule, you're going to schedule you, and then Kaif and I would just, like, drop the ball because usually we're recording at the very last (laughs) second every single time and, like, editing and getting it out, like, ASAP, um, like, when we have to get it out for Wednesday or whatever. So that's just our bad for not, like, planning in advance, but we're going to get better at – trying to do things in advance so we're just grateful that you wanted to hang want out with us on the pod yeah. more often at least once every couple of months yes. or something we're all right let's do it rope you in it's gonna be <laughs> awesome <laughs> I mean yeah I w- yeah I absolutely would love that if you wanted to like make a whole segment and it could be anything I mean but honestly we do have a lot of the same interests like I was just thinking that you probably have read the fantasy books that like Kefler and I oh my gosh I was gonna say that all these fantasy. Yeah, that's like, what I was thinking. This is another bookshelf right here. Also fantasy. Like, <gasps> Let's pick a fantasy book and then do it together. It's going to be so oh fun. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got too excited about it. Anyway, Wait. I'm halfway through that new book, by oh the way. Oh my gosh, stop. Okay. Did you... Did you read Sarah J. Maspins? Are you like into the whole actor? I really city? want to be. I want okay. to be. So I'm like kind of in this weird place. I don't know if you know about Wheel of Time, but totally, yeah. I'm like reading The Great Hunt right now, which is the second uh-huh. book, which is okay. like um this whole shelf here, this is like all the Wheel of Time series. There's like fifteen oh of my them. God. Dang. Okay. Um and then I have another book that I'm reading through with my sisters. So I'm like, I want to. I have right now I bought the wrong one. I bought Throne of Glass. Oh. Um, so I've just kind of read a little bit of it, but I've heard that I should 
that that's not the one I should start with. So. I, you could do Throne of Glass. You could start with that and then jump into other stuff if it's like mm. floating your boat. But but I yeah. want to. The answer yeah. is I want to. I just haven't yet. Yeah, it's so hyped up right now. It like I really would not up. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, we'll maybe we'll pick like something and we can all work on it together. But I also agree with you, Vince. I'm like have so many books that I like really want. Maybe to in read. the summertime. Yeah. Man. Yeah, we've got a lot. We can on our do plate so many segments. Wait, with the, with also, the <laughs> have you guys watched Fargo, the like season five of Fargo, the TV show, not the movie, the one with Jodie Foster mm, in it? No, no, I think that's the movie, isn't it? No, this is like, or maybe it was the True Detective. Whatever. Anyways, okay, it is so enough, and like, I don't like boy TV shows. You know what I mean? Like, I hate that kind of shit. <laughs> So it is good. Like I haven't watched the whole thing. I just started it. But in case you guys need a TV show watching, highly recommend. Okay. But um, going on. My anyways, list. only season five though. I heard the other seasons are just like eh. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll okay. see how it goes. I don't want to like highly recommend now when I'm only like two episodes in. But it's good. It's a tentative <laughs> recommendation. Yeah. Okay. TBD. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Um. Well. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, thank you, Vince, for being here. And we can't wait to extend our monthly calls if you'll have us. <laughs> it's getting more frequent. <laughs> Yay! I mean, if you want to be on the pod, are you now candidly 30? I mean, you technically are like you're in the category. So, you know what I mean? We'll just like what? That's true. Photoshop you in <laughs> what category? the 30 category, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what category are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll just Photoshop you into our little like, photo on, on the outside, which we need to redo all that stuff anyway. So Honestly, that was like 2024. We're ready for a rebrand. Yeah, we, were, we were looking to rebrand yeah. for sure. Because someone, everyone we'll asked there. us, they're like, oh, like, how is being 30? And I'm like, I'm not 30. I'm 33. But anyways. you know what? I don't care. If I'm I'm 30 being like 34, I don't 30 care. 30 is People don't need three to know. Three zero how to old three nine. Like, hello. Anyways, exactly. <laughs> how is being 30? Oh, 34 is better than 33. That's for sure. Yeah. So, what? candidly, mid 30s. Yeah, exactly. We'll just change, we'll just add a little <laughs> oh like and like mid. Anyways, um, okay. We love you all. We're grateful for all Vince right. and we love we'll you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for being candid. Bye. That's all for today's episode of Candidly 30. Hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed chatting. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review. Your feedback helps us make the show even better. Follow us on Instagram at Candidly30. Thanks for being candid with us.